You are now listening to Pondering Pluton with Ajishi Otaro and Hachimitsuboi. I'm Connor, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Neve. And I'm not going to do this voice for the whole intro, um, because this is uh, Pondering Pluton and there's no more intro bits. Um, so, uh, yeah, you would be forgiven for not knowing, but this is a, po- a manga podcast dedicated solely to Eiji Nonaka's magisterial manga series, Cromarty High School. And today we have the privilege of beginning our read-through of Volume 2. Um, and that starts, obviously, with Chapter 24, uh, Shopping Boogie. Yeah. I just need people to know that bef- right before we hit record, um, I very briefly, I was like flipping through looking at the names of uh, future characters. And there's one where I, I referenced Jacksonberger just because I'm always thinking about Nana. Uh, and it's so completely like shifted your brain to Nana mode that like you couldn't understand what I was saying about Cromartie High School for a while. Yeah. Well, you you have to like do me justice here because the... The conversation was even more confusing than that because you're like, oh, um, Jacksonberger Satoshi. And uh, well, so, okay, so we were talking about the supplementary material in Cromartie High School. Yeah, which we're not going to read until we get to the end of the volume. But. Right. We were just at, like ending that debate. Yeah. Um, and then you just out of nowhere are like, oh, Jacksonberger Satoshi. And I was like, Jacksonberger? Like, there's a Nana reference in here. So I start like furiously flipping through. And then you were like, oh, no, um, it's not related to Cromartie High School at all. And then you started talking about, like, I can't wait till we do the anime, which we no, have plans to do the Nana anime. I, hold on, I hold said, on. This I is said what I that heard. I can't wait for you to get to the characters who are not in the anime, who okay. are the, the kiss guys. What I heard is I can't wait till like, I can't wait, blah, 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 when we do the anime. Uh, because there's characters that aren't in uh, the manga, like the Kiss guys, and I'm like the Paradise no, Kiss you, characters you, you in you the like bonus all, chapters. Because I said, <laughs> I said who aren't in the anime, not who are in the manga. Okay, I thought you were like, oh, the Paradise Kiss characters who are in the bonus <laughs> chapters of Nana end up in the Nana anime and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> uh i can understand how me mentioning burgers like uh short circuited your brain this much because we did go to like a place in chicago when you when you last visited that's known for their fried chicken and you got the burger which i just uh, thought was very funny <laughs> yeah i have a problem um yeah i did it just to be contrarian too because i knew everyone <laughs> yeah. was going to get chicken and i was like i'm gonna give this i i have I have faith in this place. I bet they've got a good burger as well. Um, but it it was just okay. Yeah, it's not. It was, it's not why you go there. Yeah, it, it was definitely a bad decision. They also um, have good fish. It's it's fish and uh, chicken. But I this is Parsons for people who don't know. Um, yeah, is the fish I, on the I think, like other? I think Emily got fish when we were there. Maybe not, but no, she often no does. way. Yeah. No, I remember exactly what everyone got. Okay. Yeah. And everyone got chicken except for Okay. Me. And I also got yeah. someone got the or they ranch fries? Is that what it is? Um yeah, I think so. Yeah. Those were a little bit 
um, what's the word? Underwhelming. They were just yeah. like the the server really was like talking them up, but it wasn't that special. They're just trying to try that they put a bunch of shit on, like ranch what? seasoning, which yeah, I don't know. I I can't get behind that. <laughs> to to be to be honest, I'm really not a huge fan of ranch. Uh, this might be yeah. risky admitting this in public. Um, living in the Midwest, I'm just not that into it. Um, um, so anyway, getting the hamburger was, uh, a pretty bad choice. Um, probably a worse choice than the bit that I tried to do for this intro. Wait, uh, you, you were doing a bit for the intro? Kind of. See, I, I still feel bad, even though Autumn forgave me for, uh, abandoning intro bits mm. um i still feel kind of bad about it so today yeah I was so like, uh, on the episode I, I said that we we get like a, a number of emails every uh every week you know talking about this uh they're signed they by like different autumn. people but they are all from autumn right but autumn was like had like different email yeah, addresses made burner and, like, accounts yeah yeah and it was like signing yeah. them with like people's actual names in different styles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but looking back on it, I, that just tells me how important it is to them. So the more time I've had to reflect on it, the kind of the worse I felt. And, uh, today I really tried, but it just couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get all the way there. Um, um so, well, but I, let's not be pessimistic. Let's not yeah. dwell on our failures because we have a whole new volume of Grimardi High School, and that's yeah. something to to be happy about. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, uh, so, what did you think? I so I thought this was a great chapter that we start off with, but I want to hear your your thoughts first. Yeah, um, I yeah this I really loved this chapter. Um, I think this is one of the first chapters that we see that, um, like, is is going to continue on. But, you know, volume one was so much of, like, introducing characters, and then we would get, like, the iterations on their thing. We would get, like, three chapters usually. Uh, not always, but usually, like, three chapters that are going to be about this character that just got introduced, um, like, Freddy or whatever. And it's kind of, like, iterating on the joke, but in, like, a, a pretty direct way. Mm-hmm. Um it's like developing like the one joke. This is the first time that it's like further pushing it and like making new jokes out of the, the base joke premise, um, which is something that's going to continue on throughout this manga um, is like the jokes continue to evolve. And then like are, are also taking on, uh, I think this is part of how the, the show works too, is like once you become established where you know a character and what the character's thing is, then you can like push further and then base jokes off of that uh, so that like things get more complex and, and uh, things continue to like sort of subvert your expectations. Um, so I thought it was really fantastic for that. Um, I don't know if you have any other uh, specific thoughts before. There, There's one... Uh, 
panel in particular that really spoke to me and that I want to talk about, but it, it might take a little bit of time. So I, I want to give you some space first. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at it. I think right now. Uh, yeah. That might be, um, well, if, if I'm guessing correctly, which uh, there's a probably 50, 50 chance. Uh, yeah. General comments about this chapter. Uh, I totally agree uh, with everything you said. I think the one like the one nuance of that that stands out most to me is, for for instance, the Mekazawa like the Mekazawa joke that is iterate or developed in this chapter, um, where it's like, oh well, you know, he's obviously a robot, but you can't none of the characters can acknowledge it for these, like for this combination of reasons. And then like more and more reasons kind of like get layered on that. So they become less and less able to, to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, well, and it, it starts with like, it seems like most people at the school, uh, don't realize it. And like, uh, Kamiyama and Hayashida see that Mekazawa is a robot and don't understand why nobody else is commenting on this. Um, and now we get this thing where it's like uh, starting to to invert where like uh, Kamiyama has existed in like this this thing of doubt. Like, isn't Mekazawa a robot is now encountering people at a store that like don't know Mekazawa and mistake him for like appliances and other things. Right. Um, and is now being like, but this is my friend and I need to like recognize the humanity in him. Um, but also yeah, the, being tested in that. The reversal of like, we start chapter 24 with Kamiyama, like having, he he's like more or less fully accepted this like perception that Mekazawa is a human. Like, like walking into the store, yeah. he has, like, accepted this shared perception of, like, everyone else at Cromarty who, like, you know, none of them see it. Um, so because of, like, convention um, and, again, like, these various other factors, like Hayashida and Kamiyama, like, they never say anything and then they just, like, play along. And then eventually they're just, like, so absorbed into the, like, con- the fact that that's a convention that, like, they accept it. Um, but then we get the reversal here where it's like, like you're saying, like Kamiyama, who is like, has been like the figure of doubt and, uh, is still like carrying some like element of doubt is like thrust into the situation where he is like the, um, like the, the denier basically like the one who, um, well, like it, the one is, who believes Mekazawa is human. Yeah, is the denier, but also the truster. Right. Um, and now is like putting trust in this and then being tested. And like his his trust and his doubt are, are being sort of played off each other. When it, it has to take, what's interesting is like it has to take the form of trust for Kamiyama. Yeah. Because like everyone else apparently just doesn't even perceive that he might be a robot. Um. So there's no, like, trust involved. They just, like, you know, perceive him as human. Uh, whereas, like, Kamiyama has had to, like, develop essentially a coping mechanism 
<laughs> for the cognitive dissonance, which is this like, oh, I trust him. He's my friend. Yeah. Uh, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, the reversal where he's now like put into public and back into like general society with Mekazawa um, is, is a great move. Um, well, and there's also a certain amount of uh, Katmiyama <clears throat> outside of the school where the convention is like Mekazawa is simply one of us is now in a different scenario outside of like that world and is recognizing how this world is actually hostile to Mekazawa that like people want to purchase Mekazawa and things mm-hmm. um, mistaking Mekazawa for like a, a refrigerator or um, you know, computer or whatever. Um, I don't want to give away my favorite panel. So. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking even more now that I was correct in your panel. Uh, yeah. choice. But uh, the one thing I'll say about this, I think part of the reason why it was so satisfying for me um, is because that like original joke around Mikazawa, the way that volume one handles it is it's like, there's a humor in the like prolonging the tension and compounding the tension where it's like that pattern of like acknowledging it and like positing yeah. it as a conflict and then having it be like um having this anticlimax or whatever where they yeah, can't where people like, continue actually. to seem to finally have also seen what uh kamiyama and hayashida see but then we'll always say something else like um you're missing your button oh you're your my childhood friend yeah or oh you're my childhood friend um, yeah and it's like increasingly dramatic versions of that which it is funny, and I think the the more that we like look, think about it, and talk about it, the more the like the layers in that become apparent, and yeah. like the elements of of that humor. But it's not like the most satisfying for me. Uh, so then here to finally get like that release where it's a lot more direct about like Mekazawa being a robot. Yeah. Um, or like about this, at least, you know, if we're going to play along with it, we'll say like, it's a lot more direct about this possibility and it's showing people like actually perceiving him that way and acknowledging it openly. And it like breaks open that tension in a way that I think is like mm. good for, um, but then creates in doing so a new tension. Right. Exactly. It's a dialectical, uh, movement yes. basically. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, what's your high school panel? is dialectics. Uh, yeah, so my favorite basically. panel. Um, so if you you know, there's the first page, and then you go to the second page. Um, so this would be the fourth panel, uh, which is sort of the the uh, third. Like if if you have the like four sort of, we talked about how uh, Cromarty is often structured around like four sort of um, rows, I guess. And sometimes, like, a panel will, will occupy an entire row, row, or there might be multiple panels in there. Uh, so this is, like, the entire third row. Um, I was and right, so, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so we see uh, Megazawa sort of sweating. There's a drop of sweat here. I will note that. Um, oh, we're keeping count. Yes. Uh, you know, the computer's in the back, um, and there's, like, a kid, like, jumped up on top of Megazawa, uh, and then, like, the mom 
uh, talking to the kid, and the, the kid says, uh, "Ah, but I want it. Come on, buy this Gundam for me." <laughs> um, and then the the mom is saying, "Now, Tetsu, you can't have everything, you know." And then, sort of like in the the extreme foreground, like almost over the shoulder shot, is uh, we're seeing like Kamiyama viewing this and saying, "Excuse me, that is not for sale." Um, and this really spoke to me because. I don't know if you know this, Connor, but I, I finished Double Zeta as well as Shars Counterattack last week. Okay. I didn't um, know that. And, and we're also about to go into uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans on Ghost Divers. I did. People I listening didn't know that to this, <laughs> People listening to this um, probably uh, already know about Ghost Divers, but if you don't, we're going to do Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, it's like, what? By the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the Patreon, it'll be like a week and a half that the intro episode will go out. Uh, if you're listening to this in the free feed, um, like two days, the, the episode will be out. If you haven't listened um, to Ghost Divers, it's basically exactly like this. So yeah, you'll love it. Um, so yeah, I finished Double Zeta. I fucking loved it. Um, it was fantastic. Not a bad episode in the the entire run of the show. Um. And yeah, then Shara's counterattack was was okay. Yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah, that's a that's the right word for it. <laughs> it's pretty mediocre. A lot of the like, I don't know. I don't want to start a conflict. I'll wait until we actually start doing the IBO stuff to, um, like so start conflicts I mean, with the Gundam fandom. But the I films mean, it, are typically the early films are not super great. To me. I mean, if your if your uh, opinion of Shars Counterattack is that it's uh, beautifully animated and there's some interesting stuff, especially in the first uh, hour, um, and then the second hour, uh, like especially the the very end, there's there's a lot of stuff that's not great, um, or the the especially the particular ending uh, is kind of weird and unsatisfying. Uh, I think you're in good company. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um... It's playing with, like, Char's character in an interesting way. It's also been a few years since I've seen it, but my recollection yeah. is um, it's playing with, like, this the divided nature of Char's character in an interesting way, where he's kind of, like, back in this more extreme antagonist role. Um, and I think that can be, like, at first blush, that can seem really jarring and, like, um, like not continuous with um the stuff from like Zeta. It's like yeah. it's too too jarring of a, a shift. Um, but I I don't have any problem with that really because I, I like the way that the um I like the way that it's like playing with these strong shifts and making you question like uh Shor's character development and it, it creates questions for like him as Quattro Bajina um and his like you know ideological uh development that I think those are all fascinating. Um but it's just not enough, you know? There's not enough development there in the film where it's like to support all of that. Um, that's, that tends to be my problem with the films is it's like, I just watched like 50 episodes of 
double zeta or whatever, however many it is. And now we're going to try to like, we have like an hour and a half to do, yeah. you know, a whole like different, oh, you know, Shar's character is like presented completely differently now where it's like a whole, you know, years later. Um, and there's like this really significant ideological shift or whatever. It's just not, not enough content there. Um, it's just as like slapped together and rushed. And now if they had done another series that culminated in like that storyline, but it was like, you know, a whole like episode arc storyline that probably would have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Or the thing I said is that, uh, it feels to me like it's begging to be like at least an OVA series, like, uh, maybe like six or seven half hour episodes or like a 13 episode OVA where they're like more regular length. Um, yeah, that would have been good probably. Yeah. Cause then you can get more time with like quests and develop her as a character. Um, you, you could like have episodes that are focused on like specific themes and things that it's trying to talk about rather than kind of having to slam them all together. Um, yeah, it does have some really high highs, though. I mean, it has these high highs that would be, like, the kind of transcendent moments that take, um, you know, Double Zeta, Zeta, and 79 kind of over the top. Yeah. Um, but, but also it would be better if the if Axis fell on Earth. At least part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we're doing Gundam later. Basically, the whole point of that digression yeah. was we're we're doing IBA. Yeah. Um, and we so we were talking about Cromartie High School. I forgot because I forgot about what we were talking about before that because I just I got too into the Gundam. Yeah. The Gundam conversation. Um. It it was. It. Like, I mean, I knew that, like, there's a lot of stuff in um, Evangelion that is specifically pulling from Gundam things as well. Learning that, like, uh, the, the like, Ray 1, Ray 2, Ray 3 stuff is, is just, like, like, I knew about Pla and Pla 2, but I didn't realize how much the stuff with Ray was just pulling directly from it. Um I mean, there's like a uh, some a few different things that are happening, but not that much, um, and that surprised me because I, I always thought of Ray as like something that felt a little bit more like oh this is Ava like it's obviously pulling on other things that I existed in anime, but I didn't realize how much that was a Gundam thing too. Yeah, I think it's more about like so. Uh, once upon a time, I think I think it was in Ava. Um, our Ava coverage on Ghost Divers. Like, I, I was a big proponent of this view that basically, like, by the time Zeta Gundam is done, you basically have everything you need to make Ava. Um, I don't think I would agree with that now. Like, it's too exaggerated. Like, I, to say yeah. that is, is making an important point, but I don't I mean, think, like... You can't... Even, like, the, the second impact, third impact stuff... Um, like the second impact in particular, um, there's obviously various things that it's pulling from, including like the current 
even then current ecological disaster that has been happening to the world. Um, but also like Shara's counterattack, I think is there's, there's a certain amount of Evangelion that's like, this is in the aftermath of like a giant, uh, drop like that where, where like the, in a different direction, but the, the like, uh, Earth's like entire biome is like significantly changed. In Ava, it's uh, forever summer. What Shar is trying to do is forever winter. But right, um, yeah. I well, I think what I mean to say is like, I don't think that that observation is a valid like. It's not valid cause for like lowering or disparaging Ava. Um, it's more about like the um like the richness of Gundam and and the like the yeah. reach that it has into like um some very like it has impressive psychological depth um but I think Ava is like very perceptively um picking up on and then sometimes like in a lot of cases completing uh some like thoughts that are gestured at or like vaguely sketched um, in the background of some Gundam stuff. Uh, Obviously like setting and plot elements um, and some of the like more overt themes are, uh, are are directly um, utilized. But I, I think that ultimately, like, Ava is more than just, like, recycled Gundam. Like, it takes, it picks up on it, like, important aspects of Gundam and takes it in a different direction that is, like, very productive and, um, like, rich as well. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. I, I I like that, like, statement to be like, oh, yeah, you know. Zeta Gundam just like gives you everything you need. Um, but more as a way of like praising that, um, the Tomino Gundam stuff yeah. and it's like depth. Um, so of the universal century stuff, what's your, what's your favorite so far? <sighs> it's tough. Um, it has been I, a long time. So like if I were to rewatch it, I'd probably feel differently. Um, I think that it's probably like 79 Zeta double Zeta. Um, but depending on the, on the day, it could be, uh, it could be switched around, but that's probably my top three. Yeah. Mine's mine's double Zeta, then 79 and then Zeta. Yeah, Although, Double Zeta is, is great. Um, yeah. It's not at all, like, I think the criticisms of it are, um, I just don't agree. Um, yeah, like the, I don't like understand people, shift. I don't understand people who say to skip it because uh, it's a, resol- like, it's a an actual resolution of so much of stuff from 79 and Double Zeta. Um, or, or, yeah, Zeta, you mean? Or yeah, uh, 79 and Zeta. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, the like extreme 
um, tonal shifts and well, I mean, not only tonal, but like extreme shifts of, you know, all kinds narrative and uh, otherwise are you mean like just genre shift kind of. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I think that's a very important part of uh, the Tomino Gundam stuff. Um, yeah. UC stuff. And like to write that off as like, oh, this is just inexplicable and annoying <laughs> is, uh, I think is, is missing important, like, uh, important and like satisfying, uh, dynamics at, at yeah. work that are like, you know, legitimate, um, and say something, but anyway, um, so that all of that, those are all the reasons why this was your favorite panel. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Um, that, that this panel evoked all of that for you. Yeah. Uh, the panel with the, the washing machine was good too. <laughs> okay. It, that was a funny yeah. panel. Yeah. It, yeah. It's great. The, um, especially cause the, the, like the two dial dials kind of look like, I mean, they're like, Megasawa's eyes are just kind of circles. I mean, they're like, they're domes, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but like from front on, they're just kind of like, you know, ovular circles. Um, yeah, they're, they're close enough. Yeah, but it, it's like the same like oval. And then there's like, there is like a little bit of doming effect from the dial. Um, that's part, that's like what makes it for me the most is just the way the, the dials on the washing machine like really mirror his eyes. Um, for sure. I also love uh, the other aspect of this chapter that I, I really enjoyed was Kamiyama, like, so flustered and discomposed. Yeah, there's lots of sweat. It's very, once again, a very sweaty chapter. Thank you for joining us today. Do you get it? That's the spring. Uh, yeah, next time you'll yeah. be reading chapter 25 from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the full schedule at io slash futon schedule. If you have questions for us, send them to ghostdiversprod at gmail.com. You can get early access to episodes of this podcast from any others by becoming a $1 patron of the network at exportaw.io and listen a week before the public feeds. Or for $5, you get exclusive access to Popdown Funk or we weekly uh podcast where Ottoman or roll around Funko Pop and have to watch something from that media franchise. Uh, it's back after they finally just didn't really do Bendy in the Ink Machine because it was bad. Uh, $5 also gets you uh, an exclusive monthly bonus episode of Coffee and Comic Books. Um, and in fact, this month you'll get two exclusive monthly bonus episodes because they're doing all of Billy Bat, um, the manga. Um... If you like this podcast, we still have a friend. Uh, they can find the free feed at exportaw.io slash Puton or by searching Pondering Puton on their podcast of choice. If you like listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, which you can go uh, find at exportaw.io slash Ghost Divers by searching Ghost Divers on your podcast of choice. Uh, the Kino's Journey season was really fun. Uh, that question bucket was uh, a hoot. Uh, please look forward to Iron Blooded Orphans soon. Um, you can find the show at Ponder Puton on Twitter or just at Puton on Ghost. You can find me at Foxomnia on Twitter and Ghost, where you can check my pin tweet or pin shows to find all of my other podcasts. Where can Bill find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rebelays, R E B B L E A S, on Twitter and Ghost. And our opening theme is Nanganante by Yoshida Takaro, and taking us out today is Kaimono Wugi by Kasagi Shizuka. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. I said it weird. Class dismissed.